0: Let me open up my bottle of water before you just hear me, like, <laughs> doing this the entire time.
1: Yeah, I have to remember to, like, sit back when I slurp. <laughs> I'm always going to be like... <laughs> For <my> straw.
0: <sighs> uh, the exact same way. Straw ASMR. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, everyone ready? Nope. <laughs> 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 I will take that no as a yes, and we will. Get oh, just started. as a oh.
3: reminder, uh, no swearing.
1: I'm sorry, Gina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the last recording, I like.
4: <laughs> <I'm> so
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> I will get started in three, two. Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 17 on... I'm going to start that again because I just realized I've got the dates wrong. Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 27 and I'm your co-host Nigel. Uh, Tazzy, are you still there? Yeah. So Sorry, I forgot
1: to, to unmute my mic. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's episode number thirty-eight, and I am your co-host Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, streamer and co-host.
2: And our guest for this discussion topic today is illustrator and colorist for Image and Titan Comics and her own creator blur. sorry I do that again this is <laughs>
1: again sorry it's my fault
5: because
1: That's... I messed up the first one <laughs> right, right, right. this is pretty much how most podcasts are yeah for no, us. It's, it's like, like... <laughs> oh, the, the intro is uh... like a warm up
2: it's like I, it either just goes well and we just go into it or then everyone kind of like messes up <laughs> it's like it's one or the other um all right <laughs>
1: i've been really enjoying like the the like the fact that i can play on pc on my mobile so i'm like play on pc when i'm like at my pc but then there's been so many times where like almost forever like just sitting there playing through underlords 2 and i'm and he's just sitting on his phone it's really annoying i'm like we're here together like can we communicate and so now, and so while he's sitting there playing Dota Ronda laws 2, I'm like, well, I've got Genshin Impact. I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with my headphones in, just like, like, uh, I'm like, this is great. It takes like 30 seconds to load off on my phone. And I'm like, hmm. in a game, and it just picks up where exactly where you was. I like and then, that. And I'm like, this is how you do mobile games. <laughs>
6: To expand on my theory of Fall Guys, if you win Fall Guys, you end up getting a, your own island in Animal Crossing. <laughs> so that's, that's how you get to Animal Crossing. That's heaven. That's and if you lose, theory. <laughs> you, you wind up as a demon in Doom Eternal. Oh, wow. Oh. I guarantee if you. That I mean, on the having website- that much
1: power would be extremely fun,
6: <laughs> however
1: temporary it is. <laughs>
2: If you haven't already, if you put that on a website or a Facebook group, I guarantee you'll get followers by the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll become someone with that. If, with you, that if you
1: tweet it, you'll have to yeah. do one of the tweets after. I didn't realise this was going to blow up so much. I
6: don't have a sound yeah, job. Yeah, check out my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I might have to do that now then, yeah. But I just like the
2: way they've managed to bring in so much narrative into gaming elements and and mix that, I think. Uh, Yeah, they're just really good at that and had an amazing time with the first game. So uh, yeah, I might, you know, as time goes, update my thoughts on The Last of Us and obviously without doing any uh, spoilers because there's a whole thing about that. Uh, Has anyone uh, interested in getting The Last of Us or has played the first one? I haven't
7: played the first one yet, so... I might
2: be the the same
0: boat. I haven't played the first one yet either.
2: Wow! I should have made that prerequisite for coming on the show. uh...
6: (laughs) (laughs) What about those new games that are coming? The uh, Suicide Squad game and so
1: excited for it. Yeah, the Knights,
6: something Knights,
2: Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights. That cool. nights, yeah. I they will say about Suicide cool. Squad. So, just a quick story before we get started. Uh, yeah. Way back when, like a past Gamepad event, uh, in a weird turn of events, the uh, Tazzy, you remember when we did it in the Redmond Community Center? Mm. Uh, so, one of the people who worked there, her husband worked uh, works for um, Rocksteady, and when we were talking about gaming, she said, "Oh, my husband works for Rocksteady. He's working on something, but he can't say what it is. Like it's top secret." So, this was where we were years ago and then earlier this year i went to an event obviously before the pandemic i uh, went to an event uh, and i managed to Those
1: happen I have, <laughs>
2: it's a hazy memory um i managed to find myself talking to a former art some kind of artist at Roxley. so i told him i was like oh I'm, i met someone whose husband uh, used to work for Oxford, and he said they're working on something they can't say and he was like oh I'll tell you I don't care it's Suicide Squad <laughs> and Suicide Squad just don't tell anyone but yeah I don't care <laughs> so he just said it I was like oh cool it's like a squad game uh, yes. it was, was like January something but, yes.
1: yeah. I think Nightwings, because I played the uh, Avengers beta this last week and then had played that a couple of games a couple of times Um I was like oh like this is cool I think the story for it is going to be really cool but looking at uh Gotham Knights I'm like the gameplay for Gotham Knights looks epic it's co-op I'm like uh yeah Avengers you just went way down on the list I know
6: yeah no (laughs) yeah that that Avengers game is going to get blown out of the water yeah Yeah, I I think so
4: because Avengers feels
1: a lot like that yeah yeah so avengers feels a lot like destiny like destiny 2 well i said destiny like the next destiny and my boyfriend was like it's destiny (laughs) (laughs) 2.5 and i was like it's like it's like destiny where they actually have like a solid story (laughs) but a lot of it feels like destiny but with like an avengers skin
6: what i would want them to do is i'd want them to just do an avengers style game but in the style of Batman Arkham Asylum or something, mm. yeah. where or Batman Arkham, Arkham City or the new or Spider Man PS4 mm. yeah, Spider Man yeah, like that style good. game would be great. Yeah,
2: but that style only works for <laughs> Spider Man because you've got so many different heroes. You can't yeah. have that.
6: Yeah, well, you could.
1: You can zip
6: one. around. Okay. You can zip around a city as Tony Stark. Yeah, flying about. Mm. The thing is, like, about is you could give. Um, you could give Cap a, a motorbike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like great in terms of like so the storyline for avengers sounds great like i really want to like delve into that i like that it's co-op like for me like games that that i can play with my friends is just i love that um and then uh especially like story driven games that you can play with your friends uh but it's the fact that it's kind of like a hub you go back to the hub and you launch you launch a, a mission and whereas like arkham knight it's, it's a co-op game but it it it's it's an Arkham game. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. More. And it's yeah. like more of this, please. And then uh I feel like Suicide Squad, like I don't think we got as like it didn't seem like we got as much detail of it. And I watched in like the trailer, I was like, it seems like very like left for dead or like a zombie co-op survival game. <laughs> okay. And I'm very much there for that too. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. All right, let me start the uh podcast what are we talking about oh login yeah i was like let's talk about games actually <laughs> let's do that yeah. um cool yeah. all Right, let me just get uh all good yeah one ready yeah i'm ready to go
1: i am interested in what nigel you want to say about the film because i feel like you like i'll be like i don't like this but you'll be like this is why someone might not like this <laughs> i don't know if Nigel's concentrating or something, or he's
2: like, "Oh no, I was had, like, uh, yeah, I had, oh. um, yeah." Sorry, that's my mistake. Uh, I, needed to, I needed to cough and then got distracted, put it up my else. So like, <laughs> um,
4: that's fine.
7: The podcast I was on this morning, uh, there, the Suddenly, I just heard some weird noise, and I was allowed to finish my sentence. And it was just like, "Excuse me, my cats just bought a mouse in," and then just like suddenly <laughs> muted, <laughs> and I didn't leg like it. Just deal with that just gonna deal with the mouse that's now running around my living room I was like okay <laughs> I,
2: I thought about watching Death Note I couldn't bring myself to it really? Uh, it's,
1: really.
8: It's uh, look I know we like <laughs> films and whatnot but, but take it <laughs> just, from us
3: just a disclaimer it, right there it's
8: not as bad as what you'd think like I, some of oh, go on.
2: no I was gonna I, I had that like of all of the well not all of them but of many of the Mm quote-unquote bad adaptation i had a feeling i've got a question about it like it might not be as bad as people say
1: Mm -hmm. i was meant to watch what was i meant to watch there was another one i was like oh i should watch that before this podcast and then our tech just didn't want to work yesterday so we couldn't watch anything (laughs) it was like and this won't work and this won't work we're like we just want to watch a film like
3: (laughs) we were trying to yeah. do kind of something similar we were trying to okay of all films to try track down we were trying to track down Speed Racer like the live action oh, version that yeah. thing, that film might as well not exist yeah. for, <laughs> for how much I was trying to track it down online and it just was not having it but I'm not sure if I, I feel sad about that honestly like
8: it's meant to be a trip though and it's, you know yeah. there were <laughs> as well on that
9: yeah. yeah true
2: yeah I remember when that was uh, yeah coming out and- it's
8: such a random pick to to be like a Hollywood sort of film. I know, well. right? Mm. Um, but we did manage to. What did we get in now? Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure,
3: which was actually amazing. Yeah. Like that's probably up there with one of the best I've seen. You know, was that? It's just. Uh, is that the? Is there a live action of JoJo or just... Yeah. What? yeah. What? Seriously. There's yeah. A, okay, so listen. listen <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I was like, am I hearing this? Yes,
3: yeah. Seriously?
1: I, like,
3: I couldn't get my head around this one either. Like, first of all, I heard it Exist existed. I was like, wow, that's going to be a dumpster fire. I am so <laughs> in with this. <laughs> and turns out, it's fantastic. Like, oh. I don't know how they managed to do it as well as they did, but it was faithful it was it was completely ridiculous like don't get me wrong like they were faithful to the jojo to the point of you know it would make no sense to anyone who's never seen jojo yeah but uh,
1: do you know what it really worked i definitely recommend it i mean i started watching jojo i think i got through how much did i go through i got through quite a bit like i forced my way through it because (laughs) so many people enjoy it and Mm -hmm. i was like I'm just not getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think
4: yeah,
1: seeing this like bit. the first season mm-hmm. and then maybe like an episode of season two. So the thing with Jojo is it's a bizarre, okay, I
3: know I'm going to keep saying bizarre even if it's part of the title. Um, the thing is it goes from, it already starts at 100 to be completely honest and then it just goes through the roof. So like, did you start with, um, So I'm trying to remember what the first one's called with uh, it's with Jonathan Joestar, the first one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So would you believe me if I told you that's the most normal Jojo? A hundred percent. Yeah, I
1: would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, because- however it goes, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can believe that. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> just crazy. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's just like, I don't know, but I feel like I could give the live action a chance because of that. Like, I feel like I would say I I would love to hear your opinion on it because
3: mm. you know as somebody who hasn't seen what it's based off of it's based off the oh god is it the fourth it's like series the fourth
8: one yeah. yes yes okay. fourth
3: series so it's. Not got a lot to do with the first series that you've watched, but do you know what? I would love to hear what you think of someone who doesn't know everything that it's referencing. I
8: think if you're a big anime fan, this is pretty much what anime would look like in reality. Even (laughs) down to the wacky hairstyles, which props to them, they include. They
3: (laughs) They do a really good
8: job. For example, the main guy, one of the main guys has like, his hat, it kind of fades into his hair and you don't really know where it stops and ends and they kept it for the live action it, look, it looks it looks daft as all hell but props to them for include it. okay all right i'm Just gonna start little... because otherwise
2: we'll go into the podcast yeah, yeah. okay no, Cool. Cool, did... cool. sorry yeah no we did this on the uh, avatar uh, yes. like, i think last week where like we started talking before it's like whoa wait we're here for a podcast
1: <laughs> i feel like it was a good thing though because we had so much to cover yeah, and we still didn't cover go. everything <laughs> yeah
2: we need to get some of that <laughs> uh somewhere out
7: the other thing i'm watching is the three percent and i could talk about that for hours i don't know that <sighs> watch it brazilian dystopian sci-fi
1: stuff on netflix uh, How have you missed that it's uh,
2: good. i i've missed many many things <laughs>
1: <laughs> nigel was yeah. especially good at missing things
2: i'm yeah yeah
1: i think we're all collectively very good at missing things <laughs>
7: I'm good at missing things unless they're dystopian cyberpunk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right, check this out. Uh, All right, let me just make sure I've got my notes together. And audio is still okay, not super quiet.
7: No, you're still perfect. Okay, Okay. You sound good. Do we both sound okay?
2: Uh, Yeah, you both sound good. Uh, Everyone is good. Uh, Just making sure I've got this, like, uh, recap thing going that... Because there were a few, uh, I had to remember how to say some of the character names, or one in particular, uh, which, which is just Iroh.
1: Oh, Iroh. Oh, yeah.
2: God, don't you get me started on Iro's character in the
1: film. Oh, my God, I don't understand. Nothing. <laughs> 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 oh. <sighs> I did, I have written okay. points I like about it, okay? <laughs> okay. They do exist okay. afterwards. get that way
2: first, on, on this.
1: yeah sure the best piece of Star Wars that has ever been created
10: I think you're so right it's the purest Star Wars right it's it's, it's, I think the the people who've made The Mandalorian have looked at Star Wars and understood its core essence this is a western this is a story about uh, firmly placed in the kind of Western tradition of like lone gunman saves the world. And, and, and the Mandalorian is that perfect distillation of it. It's, it's knows exactly what it's doing. Um, you know, whether, and the the structure the monster of the week structure and the like overall arc. Yeah. Perfection. Um,
1: I've never quite felt like, oh, I want to know like the ins and outs of the Star Wars universe until watching the mandalorian and now i'm like i need to go back and it's not like i've not watched (laughs) them enough like a lot of times but i've always just enjoyed star wars for being like basey lightsabery cool scenes and funny Mm. robots whereas this is like no like i want to i want to know and understand in depth (laughs) the law around Star yeah, but what the they do radicals. so well
10: they don't get themselves bogged down in the bits of the world that are unnecessary to explain they sort mm-hmm. of just they just are like no one you know at some point maybe they'll start talking about mitochondrials or whatever they call it the, like the weird thing that the force is made of no one cares don't <laughs> explain the force to me just show me like just show someone moving things with their mind it's fine right uh, but the Mandalorian doesn't do that. It just that stuff is. It you know I I think it's really well judged. Um, yeah, the the show we didn't know we needed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think as we are following someone that doesn't know like anything about the Force, it's like when things are brought up, like you can you can n- never have watched anything Star Wars before,
10: and, and it would still work.
1: yeah Yeah. you can completely get involved with this because you're like it it doesn't expect you to know anything but if you already do know stuff you're gonna enjoy it (laughs) because you're gonna be like oh I know this and that and this but if you don't you're not gonna feel left out or left behind you're just gonna be on the journey And you're
10: watching you're watching season two, right? yeah, yeah, see, so I've never watched the Clone wars, and my if my my only caveat was that I feel like there is some, and I found this out later there there is a lot of information that if you've watched the Clone Wars, that it would mm-hmm. help you understand what's going on in the Mandalorian because there are character crossovers, um, yeah which which I've found challenging because I know a little bit but not a lot and I don't know if that's better just to have known anything at all yeah because I'm like oh isn't that the oh that character design looks familiar (laughs) (laughs) I like
1: literally just know that I have like I've I have friends that are just massive Star Wars nerds and like constantly post about Clone Wars and like all things Star Wars. So mm-hmm. there are points where I'm like, oh, I know this! <laughs> just yeah, exactly. because they posted so much. But I'm fine with like, because I did try and watch, I watched like the first episode of Clone Wars and I'm like, oh, I just, I, can't, I don't really care. Wait, what like, was the animation? Animation. The animated yeah. series. Oh.
10: Yeah, so it's canon. Um, so it's one of the things which from Star Wars is canon. And there's a bunch of crossover between Mandalorian and the Clone Wars.
4: Mm. Oh, okay.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I barely knew anything about it myself, other than, like I said, some of the specific character designs, which were quite famous and would yeah. turn up. You know, people would uh, cosplay as them and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I think it's fine not knowing all that stuff, though. Like, mm. I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. I feel like Star Wars just has so much to it anyway. Like, unless you are a massive Star Wars nerd that like mm. goes into it, then you're never going to experience that. I don't know so it's I just like...
2: like maybe if you should do a future episode on this because I interesting yes! around Star yeah. Wars is that just hearing you talk about it I've not seen it but uh, like Tazzy as someone who has like seen Star Wars but you're not you yeah, you wouldn't describe yourself as a super Star Wars fan but it this making you want to know about the universe and then also from the this being a Disney thing now but the recent trilogy also being Disney and at least in my opinion Good in some ways and, and very, very Disney in, in other less, yeah. less good ways. Whereas this, The Mandalorian seems like just genuinely good from what I've heard.
1: It is way. just genuinely good TV. Genuinely good. Like, yeah. And it feels more, I don't know, it's like perfect as a show because like everything's so like, it's, su- it's such like normal lives. I feel like you mm. see, what does the rest of the Star Wars universe look like?
10: Yeah, about. exactly. Yeah.
1: So, mm-hmm. like, it feels like way more normal, more relatable. Because you're like, oh, these are like just people surviving where there's these two, like, big...
10: Yeah, it's it's the life of the here. NPCs. These yeah. <laughs> are <laughs> so the heroes are off, Give doing the subtitle. boss battle, like, off screen. And these are just the NPCs in the village wandering around going like, did you hear the empires crumbling? Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> It's yeah, it's super interesting because you do you like you see the empire and you see um the the good guys. <laughs> can I forget? Yeah. But but like, and, but they're just like it's not like this overall thing. It's not all about it's not all about them.
10: <laughs>
4: right,
1: I'm, there's,
10: so yeah,
4: there's
1: people lives going on and like yeah.
10: Well, I always I always wanted to see this side because I wanted to, and part of what The Mandalorian does, it tries to bridge the gap between the original trilogy and the new trilogy and how this new empire came to be. And I always wanted to have that moment in Star Wars where someone said, say what you want about the empire, but the trains ran on time, <laughs> you know, this sort of thing. Um and I feel like this is the world we're experiencing in The Mandalorian, yeah. where you kind of say, like, say, say what you want about the Empire, but they kept the warlords in in check. Yeah. And you can see here the fringes of this outer galaxy, that, that the fact that the Empire is crumbling and the New, Rebe- New Republic hasn't quite mm. got its feet yet, that you have this social disruption where law and order is much much more difficult and you sort of have this frontiers. Yeah. Um. Which is why the Western feels right, you know, in the context of it. It's it's uh, it's lovely. It's like this idea that like
1: neither like people don't necessarily agree with either faction. They're just like
10: just quietly trying to get by. Yeah. yeah
1: and like like what have they done for us like neither the empire or the the new order have done anything for us so what, we yeah, like, <laughs> what do we
10: what do the yeah what do the romans do for us you know like yeah exactly like what did you yeah, it's great so, it's, okay. it's cool we'll... and we'll repeat this entire yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when we get to it it's going to be like oh yeah
10: sorry <laughs> whatever <laughs>
1: Let's just say character development across all avatar series is is something they do particularly well
5: <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think that's one of the one of the things that I like about uh both series you know like yeah animation and you know it's fun and stuff like that, but like the character development in the yeah. series yes yeah, so I think it's it's really well handled mm.
2: okay all right let's get into it because otherwise yeah because we'll yeah, like, i, I want to see more stuff yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> I'm, not
2: <laughs> I'm not recording of any of this <laughs> This <laughs> 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 it's, it's, <laughs> it's gold and no it's not <laughs> <a word here. laughs>
11: talking about everything but the thing <laughs> we came to talk
2: about
1: Yep, so it's time to jump on to our spoiler-free discussion about what stories we've all been reading, watching, or playing. So we'll start with our guest. So,
6: Greg. I've been ripping and tearing. Uh, cause, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to continue to rip and tear until it's done. Um, I've been playing Doom Eternal. Doom's very interesting in that point where it's like,
1: it's so like, like you said like in adrenaline in adrenaline inducing and then it's like oh and now we're doing some platforming and oh there's a yeah. puzzle you've got to do here and then it goes into rip and tear and you're like on a roller coaster it reminds yeah. me a lot of uh, yeah. going to orton towers and going on oblivion and go on the <laughs> ride and uh, i really it's one of my favorite w- rides and uh, yeah we went when it was really empty and we're like can we just stay on and they're like no you have to get off and walk around uh, because you you have to like let a chance for your heart rate to drop and your adrenaline yeah. to go down, and that's that's kind of like what doom is. Uh,
2: so I've been watching Guren Lagan.
1: <gasps> yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel that's the appropriate response <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to that. I, I I don't need to say anything more.
1: I. Decided to go with a TV show. I somehow never actually talk about games on this. And I'm the gamer out of the hosts. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I guess it's because I take so long to complete games. Uh, that I feel like I can't do them justice until I finish them. Um, so I have been watching. Well, I've watched, binge the whole lot. The Witcher. And then started it again from the beginning. <laughs> <Is>
7: that that <laughs> so you were I
1: behind everyone it? and then you've just doubled down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you, you've lapped everyone now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, it took me a while to actually start watching it. And then I watched the first episode, uh, was watching it with Tom. And you know, you've got to like stay loyal to the when you're watching a Netflix show with someone. Um, that <laughs> it was took like a while for us to get around to the second episode and then we were both ill uh, so binged had a chance to just binge the whole of it <laughs> um, and I got to the end and I wanted so much more of it that I was like I'm just gonna start it again it's <laughs> one way to do it I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait for season two <laughs> I'm just gonna watch it again let me do that um so we'll start off with our guests so Inko do you want to go first hey yeah, um, recently I'm just uh, reading uh,
12: Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, It's quite classic. And then the reason why is just uh, I'm joining the competition of the graphic Shakespeare competition. Uh, um, it has to be Shakespeare, of course, uh, particularly the uh, Mid- N- Midsummer Night's Dream it's really uh, has got so much complexity of the, the different relationship, especially the love.
1: Yeah, I uh I have some connections to that <laughs> story. Right. Um X to the it's quite a, a random one to have. Normally everyone's like reading and watching something yeah. quite, kind kinda of more recent. So pretty Yeah, pretty <laughs> I know you,
2: you brought some like you brought Diver-esque. some proper culture to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <It's very well. laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs>
1: So this is our spoiler-free discussion about what stories everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. So we are going to start with our guest, Rihanna? Sorry, did I say it wrong?
10: <laughs> I feel like I said it wrong. I feel like it, uh, there's a, an opportunity pronunciation guide uh, for my name. No, I normally say Rena. Rina. Um, in Ireland, of course, we like to sprinkle our names with extra letters to confuse and annoy. Um, so, yeah, no, I normally say Rena. Rena. I was like, as soon as I said it, I was like, nope, that's not what Nigel said. So,
1: <laughs> I might actually have a game to mention on, on our next podcast because I okay. feel like I, I'm the gamer that never mentions what game. games. Like. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wait, what is the next podcast? Is that a good one? i think it's actually the yeah it is
1: it's, it's actually the game, game one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man i might mention it on the on the, the next episode the then it's because a lot of the games i play I, they either don't have a story or it's it takes me so long to play through them yeah, that yeah it's that. hard to talk about the story
2: yeah when you haven't experienced most of it
1: <laughs> yeah
5: I guess the I guess the most recent thing that I have watched was I did a rewatch of, Cora,
1: um, uh, Legend of Cora recently. It's a very uh, Avatar uh, season. So that's what we have. I think because they've been
5: they've been going up on uh, Netflix, so everyone's been
1: rewatching them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we've done uh, it. We're not.
5: Re- I'm watching it for
2: the first time.
1: And we don't we've done an episode of that, and then. I feel like we've talked about it for the last, like, yeah, three I've... or four. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's my fault. It's my fault. It's...
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed we tend to do this. There'll be, like, a couple of stories that we'll just keep bringing up for a while, and then they'll go quiet, and then they'll just keep bringing them up. Like I think there's more... definitely some... I was gonna say there's some that will just always come up yeah. like Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> even it wasn't even us this time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, we don't need to talk about it again. <laughs> we don't need, to it. I don't need to say anything. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> I'm definitely very excited to re-watch Legend of Korra though, because man. Like for me, I'm like the like Avatar's good. Like The Last Airbend is good, but Legend of Korra is like amazing
2: interesting I'm watching through it so I just started season three uh, so I'm like yeah. two episodes in um, so I think I've, I feel well I haven't finished it yet but I feel that the other way around uh, to you like it's it's good but Avatar is still the one for me so far
1: really like, yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like oh sorry <laughs> sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> No, I was just gonna say I feel like for me Legend of Korra like just touches so much like more on social commentary um and like address mm. like head-on addresses so many issues. Um,
4: okay whereas
1: The Last Airbender uh, while it covers more mature themes than your typical like male-led anime, yeah, it's still um I don't know. It's still like your typical male protagonist, like young boy, very boisterous, which is it works. Obviously, that's the character. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I like the Legend of Korra like yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I get because that. it's just and it's so refreshing as well.
2: Uh, but what I really wanted to mention is uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which. As I said before, I've come to very late, uh, but better late than never, as someone wise once said. And I just continue to be impressed by the show, uh, and the storytelling that's, that's taking place. So I finished season two earlier today. Uh, so one more season left and just the way, just everything about the show is is great the way the characters are uh portrayed the character arcs the relationships between the characters the world building um i might have to start a, a zuko appreciation fan club uh at some point just because of the way his character arc has been dealt with is is really it's layered and it's very interesting to see the journey he takes uh have uh rich and jason have you guys seen uh the last airbender
13: I've actually just started it this week with Luca. Okay. Um, Luca's my little boy, he's, he's, he's seven, listeners out there. Um, and just because, like, one of his, one of the, basically his projects that he has to do for school is he has to write a story. And the thing is, I've never watched it, The Last Airbender, but I know, like, everyone I know who watches it, like, knows, to keep telling me, it's an amazing story being told, like, yeah. the character growth and everything. So I've actually been making, I've made him watch it. Imagine that. Like I don't <laughs> like it, never to watch it. I said no, you gotta sit down and watch this animation. Sit down and watch this cartoon. Wow. That's the world we live in. Yes.
2: That's, that's good parenting. Sounds Great. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> I didn't think this going into, but after I uh left the cinema uh and kind of went on with my life, I was thinking You've got, like even before we get into like the details of the story, just a difference in the reaction between uh, the last DC film, Joker, uh, and Birds of Prey. And I heard somewhere an interesting kind of point about the difference in reaction that both got. And when the Joker came out, because both films have protagonists that are sort of, quote-unquote, bad people. But the reaction from the Joker was really negative in terms of how it had a, a bad person as a protagonist whereas it didn't birds of prey didn't quite get that reaction so what i was kind of thinking and, and the point that was made is that was the shift in tone all that's needed because joker was quite a serious film birds of prey not so serious and the perception was a lot different so what did you think of the difference in reaction or like lack- well, yeah, lack of reaction in Birds of Prey like to a film where the character is still a killer and kind of a, a psychopathic killer, to use that term.
1: I think there's several reasons that Birds of Prey did not get the, the same sort of backlash that Joker did. A, the, the Joker was kind of, like, we all know the Joker. Everyone knows the Joker. Not as many people know harlequin's character they just know of her she's kind of like just this and she's like super colorful it's kind of like i don't know like everyone has a different view of her how they've been introduced to her and also birds of prey was coming off the back of a crap film (laughs) (laughs) okay not a crap film i actually enjoyed it But what most people see as not a great film. So the sort of like tone of it is like from that, whereas the Joker was coming from a completely different angle. It wasn't coming off the back of anything other than obviously the Joker's previous perceptions and countless other things. Yeah.
2: So bigger prior knowledge.
1: Yeah. So, but this was literally coming off a film that, you know, didn't necessarily do great there was not much seriousness in in it. Um, and as well, the last thing is, I don't think people take, take the idea of a uh, female crazy killer uh, as seriously as a male crazy killer, which I think is one of the reasons why this film was so good. <laughs> okay. I think
7: for what- me, looking at The Joker, a lot of people were saying it was justifying and romanticizing his actions. And they were saying it was kind of glamorizing that violence. Um, and I sometimes wonder if that those people watch the same film as me because watching the Joker, <laughs> a lot of the things he did, you're not supposed to sympathize with the way he's handling things. Um, when he's on that TV show, you can see the reaction of the audience and the TV host. You aren't supposed to think what he's doing is justified at all. Um, but people seem to, and some of the, the negative press I'd seen seem to think that it was somehow romanticizing it. But if you make the violence slapstick and comedy, then somebody doing something very horrific, like deciding they don't like someone. So breaking both of their legs,
4: um, (laughs) (laughs)
7: because it's presented as in a slapstick way, somehow that, um, doesn't get anywhere near the same level of, um, criticism. Um, so having a different tone just just really, really changes the the level to which people think it needs analyzing or think it needs a judgment placed upon it, I think. Um, and yeah, I've heard a lot of things about both films, which um, I found surprising, to say the least.
1: But I feel like uh, Black Panther had such a different vibe to it but still the same epic superhero vibe. Uh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. It was, it felt like a a standalone within the universe. So I think they did a good job of kind of making something that was, you were able to just go in, watch as a self-contained story, but it still sort of mattered within the universe. So yeah, I I can, yeah, I understand that.
1: Yeah. Um, What about
2: you? I actually had I had a few things. I was trying to decide what was like the most impressive. But I will since you brought up Black Panther, I guess we'll start there. I, I that was a surprise to me, just because I mean, I was like knew about the Black Panther character, but I just didn't expect them to make a film about it. And then when they did, the fact that it was primarily a sort of all black cast, and they really, I guess, as much as they could within a sort of Hollywood uh, production, tried to make it yeah authentic i'm gonna use the word authentic even though if maybe you've been to uh anywhere any country in africa you might sort of question some things particularly uh forrest whitaker's accent but that aside um yeah i've just surprised that they made that film at all and then surprised at the the reaction from people who were um comic fans mcu fans but also people who had never even watched an mcu or comic book film i remember my uh, uh my sister who has i can assure you had no interest in any of this stuff um watched that film uh, i remember going to see it and uh being at the cinema and just like seeing just it full the cinema full of people who are here to see black Panther, and just seeing it kind of break through your everyday uh, comic book movie fan into the mainstream like it did uh, was a big surprise.
1: I love watching a lot of anime anyway and a lot of that I can't get through many of the services. Uh, I'd have to have so many of the services just to be able to watch dubbed versions of stuff that it's, yeah, uh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> so I just don't bother. I just... It is
2: wait so you're saying you're going to add to that nightmare and get disney plus Plus?
1: and then okay so here we come to the dilemma of disney plus okay there's so many things disney that i like uh and obviously because that includes uh all sort of like disney owned branding so obviously we've got pixar lucasfilms marvel who are like everyone <laughs> everyone's disney owned by all
2: your childhood memories
1: <laughs> yeah disney owned literally everything they have the monopoly at the moment
2: can i just say before you continue just to add to that and mention the fox because when the fox deal went through with um, disney uh, acquiring 20th century fox a lot of the focus obviously went to the marvel properties that fox owns like x-men fantastic four that's fine mm-hmm. but uh, when i saw that i sort of thought actually this is a a big play for streaming because fox owns a lot of uh content uh simpsons now i think uh, owned by disney so fox has a lot of content that is just going to be plugged straight into their streaming service so yeah disney like own a large percentage of the things you're you're going to be watching
1: yeah so on principle i do not want to give disney my money (laughs) in reality oh, I'm already missing out on the <laughs> <You> Mandalorian
5: <fuck. laughs> oh wow
2: they've got you already
1: like and I wasn't too fast about this until like there's just baby Yoda everywhere
2: the memes just got you
1: everywhere baby Yoda is horrible like how can I go through life without <laughs> having like witnessed this like I there's jokes like as a streamer as well Like people expect you to know memes and I'm already terrible at knowing memes. I don't find memes that funny. Like a lot of the time I'm like, I don't get it. Like what? So someone just said a joke and now everyone's like laughing at it because everyone else is laughing at it. Like I genuinely, a lot of the time I'm like, why is this so relevant and funny to everyone but me? Like I've missed something because a lot of the time it's like you kind of got to be in, in the moment to get it. Yeah. yeah you really do <laughs> so at least things that i do like and get i want to be on on top of like baby yoda yeah i can i can i can get involved with this
2: <laughs> um okay, so that is what it takes to get you to part with your your harder earned money memes
1: not really but i just i just <laughs> want to not be missing out on everything like yeah and i pretty much shut myself off to the world apart from when I am streaming or I am at an event uh, or we're doing this podcast most of my time I'm like sat alone in my office this is going to sound really sad but I assure you like I am enjoying myself Uh
2: (laughs) it's a familiar story to anyone who's self-employed you mentioned which are things that can really jump into public consciousness and that idea of not wanting to miss out you've got a good chance of not missing out with Netflix so I guess yeah Disney Plus has to for something out. And I, I suppose Amazon prime is looking a bit vulnerable, um, at the moment, cause I'm just looking at these numbers. And so like we were saying before in the UK, it's coming, uh, March 24th and until the 23rd of March, you can sign up for a whole year for 49 99. And then after that, the service is 5 99 a month or, uh, 59 99 pounds a month. So if you're not in the UK, let me just convert that to you that is a good price basically Mm -hmm. that's actually a a really competitive um price when i i feel like i'm i'm definitely paying more than 5.99 a month for amazon prime having said that with amazon prime you get all the other other stuff but it's it's a price that combined with the the stuff that is going to come on disney plus is making me consider how you know I'm, i'm pulling out my calculator like how can i make this work in in the future
1: i think it's good to mention as well like you said earlier uh, disney plus being something that even like people that aren't currently streaming m- would potentially like be way more conscious of the streaming uh, sort of world of tv yeah. because on even on their front page uh, so it starts off with star wars the mandalorian so even if you don't know what the mandalorian is you know what star wars is uh, and then Disney's Lazy and the Tramp, which I'm guessing is their live-action remake. Gonna be, it, is that going to be exclusive to Disney Plus and not like go straight to Disney Plus um, and miss yeah,
2: miss I'm cinema? Sure. I'm going to assume it will be.
1: But either but way, sure. like everyone knows Lazy mm-hmm. and the Tramp, and there's going to be like Disney films. <laughs> there's going to be like all the princesses are gonna be like everyone's gonna be there <laughs> all the this is disney this is disney world but as a <laughs> as a streaming service <laughs> yeah. like so like there's just like a, a, like lifetimes of of content and properties that people know and like just they're gonna have it on that like People are going to be like to their grandparents. Oh, yeah, I watched whatever. They're like, oh, I like remember that. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I watched it on Disney Plus, Disney streaming service. And they're going to be like, oh, what? I can watch all of these things on there. Yeah,
2: Yeah. all all the things I remember, yeah. (laughs) It's got that generational appeal. So I think Disney are in a really strong position. And as a quick side note, I'm currently doing a workshop, um, like a series of workshops in a college. And uh, I don't know how true this is, but one of the kids claims he has not watched anything Disney. I I don't know how that's possible in in the Western world, but that's what he said. So I'll just take his word for that.
1: Um, This this conversation came
2: up...
1: Sorry, this conversation came up between some a group of mine as well Uh, and then when we broke it down it was like what so have you watched this this and they were like oh yeah i'm like that is all owned by disney
2: Disney, yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna have that conversation with him and dig down a little bit to see how true this really is but i'm gonna also point him towards disney plus and just say just spend a weekend and just like uh (laughs) catch up on all things disney
1: yeah um so it's a good note to like when people say disney do they just mean not the things that have like just disney's logo on top of it like you know the obvious the, the disney disney
4: <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> because obviously you've got like disney. marvel
1: star wars and all that um and it i mean you can find disney on uh like on it but you kind of have to look a little closer uh it's not like the initial yeah. branding yeah
2: around it yeah it's in, it's in the footnotes Disney owns um, like I said a lot of your your memories your childhood memories so <laughs> you the other thing I was me
1: off uh, getting Disney first
2: right now sorry i I'm, <laughs> I'm, <fine>. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry Disney
1: so in the
5: movie it's played she's played by Emily Blunt right Yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I love Emily
7: Blunt
2: <laughs> so she plays it well
7: she, yeah but then how, how is that difference portrayed? Because is she, you know, cause that contrast of her being in the manga, she's so young and they just don't, they sort of like take it for granted, say she looks young, but actually she is. Is Emily Blunt meant to be playing a younger person as well? No. no,
2: She's, she's just, just not that same her, character,
1: really. Yeah, she's right.
2: a different complete So the manga actually gives Rita a backstory, or we, I should say Rita in quotes a backstory, which she doesn't really get in, in the film. In the film, she's oh, really? it's just given that she's just extremely talented and uh, she has this reputation in in the army, and that's that's it basically. Just, you don't know okay. sort of her journey. Yeah. Um, so I definitely appreciate the the backstory to Rita because you, you then you empathise with her more, and you kind of you feel her struggle and where she's come from, and then you see like what she's been through in relation to what um, KG has been through, and it gives more depth to the story. I think it it makes her more human as
1: well. Like, I think it makes the point of her being called, like, the Full Metal Redacted.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Good save there. What I find is that the Heath Ledger Joker um, is more about, like, he's like an agent of chaos, um and a an anarchist and he's, he's his motivations are very grand yeah and very um almost political like he he's nihilistic and he's anarchistic so he's um and to ground him they've taken away the kind of goofier side of it because the whole thing with Nolan, Nolan wanted to ground it in reality, like present Batman in real life, almost a little bit, which is kind of what he's done here, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like that's what he was trying to do anyway, to ground Batman in the real world, but the Joker here, they've stripped away the kind of goofier elements and the kind of, um, they've stripped away the joke. (laughs) So there isn't a punchline anymore. (laughs) The Joker is is just out to to plunge Gotham into chaos. Yeah, and, but I guess for him that is yeah.
2: the joke that that the idea that we all have this sense of morality, but the joke is He's it, gonna try it doesn't and break matter. It. Yeah. yeah,
6: and it's more like it's it's more like it, for him it's more, but it feels more like a political ideology than a joke. And then with um, through this film anyway, and then with the Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I think you've got more of a, um, like you said, like the loner downtrodden ends up just completely flipping out. Yeah. In, in your kind of, um, Oh, what's that film I'm thinking of Michael Douglas in falling down. Oh, you ever watched falling down? No, I haven't. Oh, you should. It's great. Okay. Um, Michael Douglas is a, he's, he's a guy who, um, he basically snaps on his way to work one day and he gets out of his car and leaves it in a traffic jam. And then he just goes on a rampage across the city, just like oh, knocking wow. shelves over in shops and stuff, just like because the Coke's like he goes. There's a famous scene where he goes into a shop and the Coca-Cola is too expensive. And uh, he just starts like um, picking up things and asking the shopkeeper how much it is and then going too expensive and throwing it on the floor. It's like tearing the shop apart. It's kind of like a, a I guess it's like a dark comedy, but it's, it's that kind of I get that kind of feeling from the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And yeah, I see that. Yeah and it's it that leans more heavily into the um the killing joke side of things Yeah because
2: the killing joke yeah. uh, I guess is is more tied to Joker uh, just because yeah. in terms of an origin story you do see you see pre-Joker and then you see him become the Joker uh, yeah. and then I guess the in a in a sort of reverse way that the Dark Knight is is then because in the Killing Joke, he then he then goes into the idea of oh, I'm gonna you know make yeah. Batman's day just the worst, just to show that you're just like me, which is kind yeah. of what he's doing in The Dark Knight.
6: Yeah, but it it feels more like he wins in The Dark Knight because the end game is the yeah, he does. Of Harvey Dent. Yeah, he's he's corrupted the the brightest shining. He's he's corrupted the last bright shining light in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, so, and he's taken that and he's smashed the bulb in it and. Yeah, so I think that was like the end game for him was the corruption of Harvey Dent. And he achieved that. And it feels like he was a catalyst in the film. He he was supposedly a catalyst trying to push the corruption of Harvey Dent rather than his own, uh, rather than something as important. Like he's less important in that. that it, I think you understand what I'm trying to say, but I yeah, can't Yeah, I mean, words he's very out. much
2: like, I guess, using Harvey Dent to represent that. his His ideal of everyone is, yeah. that you know one bad day away and yeah. very much succeeding uh in that yeah. quest even though he himself is at the end sort of taken into i assume he, was he taken into custody or do we see that
6: i assume he was yeah we assume he was just yeah. left hanging from the building wasn't he so i, I figured yeah. he was taken into custody after that and he'd have ended up in arkham but yeah yeah <laughs> okay and yeah yeah just i was just thinking as i was uh re-watching it
2: and the idea that at the end of this the joker does kind of win and just looking at. The way the world is now, and uh, I mean, if you're watching this like decades of watching, uh, if you're listening to this decades later, let me just remind you that we now live in a world where people are literally fighting or were fighting over toilet paper. Um, so <laughs> I, I got to think, <laughs> I see that, and I got to think, yeah. is was it Joker right? Are we all just like, is this idea of morality just like some farce that at the first sign of trouble we will fight over just the most non-essential? items
6: uh around yeah i, yeah. I i'm I, I guess that's the that's the philosophy that he um he pedals in that movie definitely i yeah. i like to think i like to think as human beings sometimes we're better than that <laughs> but sometimes obviously i've like been that. proven wrong now yeah. but yeah no i was
1: just gonna say but there's just so many moments like just every moment with laura
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that whole <laughs>
2: I did like the moments of like Laura as being just the the child. Like when they went to the store and she was just like taking stuff and she didn't understand you had to pay. But then even before that, when she was on the uh, on the mechanical horse. And she was getting angry when it stopped <laughs> she yeah. just didn't understand so yeah. i know like, i'll just like i'll just put some money in it, and then you can one more ride kind of thing <laughs> the best the best thing so, about like that moment in
6: the garage where they're just taking things is the fact that logan then walks in and sets an example by just nicking a phone
2: charger yeah, tr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't notice that like he, did, I, and he didn't pay for that
14: <laughs> i mean I, I could go on about like limited versus full motion animation for ages but <laughs> uh, but uh, one technique that they developed for animation back in the day was you know, actual film, you get 24 frames a second. And to animate 24 individual images by hand is quite difficult. So, what they would do is they would animate 12. So, you'd actually have half the number that you need. So, every image, instead of being exposed to the film once, gets exposed twice. So, each drawing lasts two frames. And that's often called animating on twos. But it's why stuff like Looney Tunes cartoons and, and cartoons made for TV, which are all typically animated on twos to save time and money, have that sort of weird jittery, janky motion that you only really get with 2D art. Modern Disney films, even the, like, two, the 2D animated ones, they'll tend to do the full 24 frames a second. But the, the mind's eye always just sees it as wrong. Or, or too smooth. But I think what they wanted in this is something that feels more grounded and, and naive, maybe? <laughs> M- more sort of like a comic book page. So they yeah, yeah they did some really clever things with um, animating on twos and, and even on threes. Just so that everything feels more hand-done. They even did a really clever thing with... Um, so there's the scene where Miles and Peter infiltrate the the scientist base and leave with the computer hard drive. Yeah. And Pete is trying to teach miles how to web swing for the first time and miles isn't getting it. And he's always falling down and, and he's having to learn how to do the flip release thwip release. <laughs> and what they did there in the, in the film is they actually animated on twos, but they animated on separate twos to each other. So Peter will move and then miles will move and then Peter will move, and then Miles will move. And then, as Miles gets used to flipping, they actually sync up again.
2: Oh, right, so to reinforce that in the story, like, Miles isn't getting it, they are literally out yeah. of sync, and then as they get exactly. it, as he gets it, oh, wow. It's, it's genius animation. So people were kind of weirded out by her eyes, and rather than go back, uh, James Cameron actually then made them bigger, or particularly the irises bigger. Um, So yeah, I I guess Penelope, you mentioned that it wasn't an issue for you. Was it an issue for you, uh, Tazzy, like the size of Elita's eyes?
1: No, I I liked it. (laughs) It kept me like always very drawn to her expression, and I think it added to like that she's like very childish puppy <laughs> kind she of she does have
2: the yeah vibe which <laughs> she's got.
1: so I think it's just like accentuated that that like a puppy discovering the world yeah you know like the first time she tries chocolate and it's very like yeah <laughs> I think it I think it works. And I, I like it. And I like the fact that it really she's she's very unique even as a cyborg and I feel like her the way her face is done like it just adds to that point you know she's mm. she's she's, she's ancient tech she's like yeah like her her body her, her like body and heart and everything it, it's a it's you know a over 300 years old way of creating a cyborg weapon mm. so yeah no one else like no one else has that so it it makes sense that she looks very unique.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of reminds um, me of the like the Disney princess uh, aesthetic because they have like large eyes and it kind of gives mm. a certain impression. I mean, uh, like interested, Penelope, um, from like a like character design perspective, what like large eyes typically uh, do for a character.
5: Uh, it's usually like a cute factor thing, or like um, like Tazzy was saying, like an innocence thing, uh, childlikeness. Um, but yeah, it's usually like for for cuteness, or to make them very like expressive, or very relatable, even because uh, you can read the eyes very easily.
2: To stay true to my own words, let's uh, talk about some of these themes. And I feel like the the obvious one was that the whole metaphor about sort of social mobility social mobility and class because you had you had it literally with the Iron City and uh, Zalem where Zalem is the last surviving uh, sky city. It's where everything's happening. That's where you want to be. Everyone's trying to get there uh, for their own reasons. And an Iron City is, I think Edo says, you know, sort of all the people that were left after the war sort of came to Iron City. Uh, and everyone down there works for Zalem. From all
1: over the world. Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that idea, like how class and society was like portrayed in this film uh, in particular? And what do you think about that kind of theme in films? Because it's, it's one that's been done sort of many times, right? What do you think about it in this film in, generally?
1: Oh, no, like it's such a big big thing and it's in this case it's literally you you don't move up you can you can only you can only get kicked out you can't go up yeah <laughs> you you either you're either born there and get to live there or you're born in the in the city or on the, on a, like on on the actual yeah. world. <laughs> on the
4: ground
1: and um on the ground and that's where you stay and you're there's like, there's these false dreams and rumors that you can somehow uh, go up. And I guess that's why everyone continues to work. And it seems like the whole of the society is built on this one sky city. <laughs> the world society is built on this one. Sky city. Like what happens outside of this one little area? Like, is that the whole of humanity, but people still traveling into it?
2: Yeah, I guess everyone's scattered and maybe, yeah, people are still making their way to Iron City. Although, because it's been... But it's yeah, been yeah, years. that, Yeah, so maybe that's that's it. Is that who, who's left?
1: But, but there's images of people, like when they leave the cities, go to the... F- and they go past like all the farming bits, which look all, like no one lives out there. It's just farmland. But there's, but there's a lot of people waiting to go into the city, which suggests that...
2: There's still more people
1: around the world (laughs) i don't know like it's really weird but um and like no one's dream is to like go and explore what the rest of the world looks like because the the earth seems to be enough like it's not there's they can still grow stuff right so
2: yeah so you could go and make a
1: life yeah um
2: that's interesting
1: but yeah so because
2: yeah because everyone wants to get to this this utopia well i assume because we don't actually see uh we just hear about it so but everyone wants to get there
1: and no one knows what it looks like apart from the doctor and again like, um, they got they had to leave because their daughter couldn't walk uh which suggests that even up there you have like such high standards for for why you can live up there and then uh there's like one comment that's like um down here we could be kings uh but up there you start from the bottom of the food chain yes. so it's like there's obviously a hierarchy up there and it's probably it doesn't sound like it's the utopia that everyone thinks um it's very like like in hunger games
2: uh yeah everyone's trying to get to that so destination. like even in
1: yeah but even in the inner city like everyone's still kind of just being controlled like they're not they're not free. <laughs> they don't they don't act like they they're still just being controlled and they have to abide by those rules and then as well there's a the, there's like the the un like under the city as well under iron city um uh, because
2: oh uh gruishka kind of he drops down yeah and yeah, yeah he gives a little sort of speech He's about like that. this is my world yeah.
1: so it sounds like you know there's there's layers
2: yeah <laughs> there are yeah definitely layers and yeah i, I do kind of yeah, it's interesting about what that says about sort of upward social mobility and the fact that because no one really made it, <laughs> um, and the one that got close sort of got chopped up and uh, sent back down. So I don't know what that says about our uh, our society. <laughs> um, well,
5: I mean, I I definitely think it sort of reminded me of reality in that you know everyone's always being told you know work hard and you too can become a billionaire the next Bill Gates and it's like I don't think that's true. <laughs>
2: One of the things I definitely wanted to uh, touch on because Civil War introduces uh, a couple of new characters. We mentioned Spider-Man, uh, obviously Black Panther uh, is one of them. And just sort of watching this since the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman when he had his introduction, it's kind of like it just yeah hit me a little bit. It's like oh, wow. I cried. It, was like, it, was, it was mm. a weird moment, and it, it and it's weird because of the the scene he's introduced where his his father is 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 blown up and he's dying he's kind of holding his father and you kind of know like oh wow actually and he's he's the one that's not here anymore so it's a, it's a weird kind of moment i don't know how how you guys felt uh you what you said you cried yeah
1: you? like it just hit me like and he's he plays um t'challa so so well and like so strongly like there's so much in that character it's so embodied it's one of the most like like present characters on that appears on screen in civil war and like doesn't have that much screen time and just yeah like just wow and i just dawned on me i was like we're never gonna get a new performance um from from chadwick boseman yeah it was like wow just and and this was like the introduction of of someone. Oh, just yeah, it really, like just hit me, and it dawned on me that kind of loss. Which I'm not someone that normally gets taken out of the reality of the thing I'm watching. Rarely happens. So yeah,
2: yeah, that's a big moment. Um, what did you guys feel, um, Rich or Jason?
11: Yeah, I think I think it, it left me um, quite sad as well. I mean, uh, again. Um, you know before i, I, I kind of go into that it, it, um i got to give shout outs to the the writers of this movie um Christopher Marcus and, and Stephen McFeely, they, they, they're they just how on earth they managed to tell not one, but two origin stories in a movie that is ostensibly about Captain America. Yeah. And not take you out of the story of Captain America and, and and not take you away from his journey, yet completely introduce these two characters and tell you their, their, their origin stories in a saddest way that that basically cuts out all the fluff and just gets to the, the meat of who the I actors said, are I think,
2: I think that's they did it by not doing an origin story <laughs> they, they just like had the characters and the both like black panther and spider-man they came into the story where the story needed mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. not to not to retrace the steps of you know how did spider-man come, become spider-man how did uh T'Challa become well he's, he's not king at that point but you know where does he come from it just skipped all that it just these are the characters especially spider-man we all know we've Everyone seen that before <laughs> I think, exactly mm-hmm. so they've just brought them in where they're needed for yeah. this story that they're telling and not trying and add in that fluff of like oh we need to explain how they got their powers and all that stuff because mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. with um with t'challa you see so we see him at the at the un when mm-hmm. they're signing the accords. And then when Bucky uh, is triggered and he goes on his rampage, you kind of see him taking uh, taking on different people. And T'Challa comes up, and if you didn't know, you didn't know you didn't know the character by then. You're not sure what he's capable of, but you see him without his suit, he's just the guy, and he's like going toe to toe with with um, with Bucky. You're like, oh okay, all right, so he's got there's something. He must be some kind of super soldier like Captain yeah. America. So I like they just introduced it through the story, through the conflict and not with like exposition that we have to tell you all these characters
11: i think
0: for me
2: well you know what is um sorry
11: Tazzy. you know what what is clever about that as well is is remember before you actually get to that scene that you're talking about there's actually the chasing where where bucky is trying to escape of course the the german police who have come to arrest him and then black panther starts chasing it and it's only at the end of that secret that entire sequence that you're it, you, you're, it's revealed that the Black Panther is T'Challa. So then you're like, oh, okay. So that would explain why he can then go toe-to-toe with the Winter Soldier when he has no suit or anything else on, because you've already seen what he can do before then. And then even in the car ride along, you know, um, when they go into the, the facility where Bucky is being held before his rampage and they're in the car, Captain America and and Falcon and, and Black Panther, and Falcon says, you know, so what is it? Do you like cats? Yeah. <laughs> And then get that very, very short, sharp and important piece of speech from T'Challa where he basically says, this is who I am. I'm the Black Panther. It's passed down from generation to generation. I'm a badass and you can't stop me from getting your friend. And and that's basically (laughs) a couple of lines. They essentially summed up the entire character so you know who they are, you know what they can do, you know what they're about, you know,
13: and what they want. I don't know. I don't know how true that is, man but <laughs> in the <yeah>. shadows somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Zachary fan, but yeah, but I mean, he did nothing for the DCEU, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, he did something, but just not. Just know. Know. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> did something, all right. Yeah. He, <laughs> <talked> <laughs> like
13: he did something. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, in fact, what? he did do one th- He did do one good thing for me. Just that fight scene in Batman versus Superman in the, um, in the warehouse. Where Batman just decimates the gods that 's the best the only good thing out of the whole of the d c e u for me that stands out buker so yeah I'm, I'm harsh I'm sorry.
1: um i'm looking forward to the next Wonder Woman. um and I am quite looking forward to see what uh the the d c e u films bring out i'm really intrigued uh what's going to happen with the the new uh Suicide Squad film. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm, Yeah, same. That that one's like, I'm like, what's going to happen here? Like, I'm just very, like, interested in what they do with that, Uh, with this, like, reboot that's for a new film. Really weird. Um, But, yeah, because I really liked Aquaman as well. I thought that was really good. Um, And then this was really good. Uh, So, and, like, I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Um, which is obviously a much lower budget than everything else, and I pe- think people forget that as well. Um, so yeah, I think I think some good stuff should come. I'm Still a Marvel fan, but
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. The Suicide Squad one is interesting because I uh, I've gone on record. I just I think Su- the original Suicide Squad is just terrible, 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 terrible. So if mm-hmm. uh, that comes mm-hmm. out and it's not terrible then there's hope basically that's my (laughs) that's my standard if the next suicide squad film is not terrible there is hope Mm. listen Um, that 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 suicide
11: squad film like hurt me deeply like if if you understand how much like suicide squad i have a really personal connection to suicide squad comic books because they were I got into those um, because they were kind of the first and last thing my, my grandfather gave to me before he died. Mm -hmm. Um, I read like those Suicide Squad books religiously and I was like oh my god, like this, these stories are amazing, like these characters are crazy and anybody could die at any time, like anybody's head could get blown off at any time, like you know there was a double crossing and a triple crossing and it was just you know the stories were so vivid and, and, and as I said they had like a, a vast array of, of kind of characters to, to choose from and then I remember being really excited when they announced that they were doing a Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad film and and thinking you know oh my god this is going to be great and then you know they were introducing Harley Quinn and I was like okay well you know I'm not a massive Harley Quinn fan but she's a fan favorite character so you know they're, they're bringing her to the screen as well so that's got to be good and then I remember sitting down watching the film and literally within about I think the first 20 minutes I was devastated I was just absolutely <laughs> like what on earth is this what is this like I don't who who is this for like you, you've made this movie for people with ADHD, maybe I, I, I don't know, <laughs> but, but I, I don't, you know, who is this for? And and just feeling betrayed, completely and utterly betrayed. Um, mm. But I think having James Gunn on board is is a, a masterstroke, um, okay. especially given you know what he's done with obscure characters for Marvel um, and and incredible work he's done with that. So you know if he can bring even 50% of that to to suicide squad then we're off to a good
2: start so yeah cuz 50 plus 0 is 50 so. yeah
9: <laughs> um, <laughs> um another one that i super like is colossal con i like colossal con a lot because it is essentially a water park con so it is the most like different out there con that i've ever like really gone to because there's not a lot of water park conventions
1: Um, never even heard of it before (laughs) i didn't know that was a thing
9: (laughs) it's really cool wow
2: (laughs) this is what happens Uh, when you're in the uk it's like you can't have nice things here
9: you guys see the classic Con there like classic Con uk that'd be great
2: i'll I'll talk to someone
9: (laughs) i mean
1: Water and our cold weather, I'm not oh, sure. Oh yeah,
9: true, 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 that's a good point. Well, <laughs> indoor water park, you guys can have like an indoor water park.
1: What's the biggest mis- misconception about cosplayers?
9: Uh, biggest misconception, Um, I definitely say, is people who think that it's just dressing up. It is definitely not dressing up, it is a lot more. It's like, for as like with the building, stuff which I briefly like discuss like it's like it takes a lot of time to put costume together like I know most of my costumes take me at minimum a month for me to put together and that's me like waking up working through uh, through my costume up until I go to bed I don't stop working until I like go to sleep so yeah I would definitely say it's like the amount of work that goes into costuming
15: Yeah, um, as I always say, the first is always the most difficult um, to get started with because, oh, I've done it back to like 2013 now. That's when I went to my first um, MCM Comic Con in London. And I was like, oh, my God, my mind was blown. And I really wanted one of those um, Iron Man costumes I see walking around. I'm like, oh, my God, how much is it going to cost me to buy one of those? And after some Googling, it was like two and a half, three grand. And obviously, I'm not born with a silver spoon um, in my mouth, so I thought, okay, what's the next best thing? So I just started researching on Google and discovered, oh, this thing is called cosplay. And loads of people have built Iron Man suits before, so I just kept looking at tutorials. How hard is it? Every, um, started off like you know looking at metal builds, but I didn't have any metal and metals expensive. And then I discovered floor mats. Um, like the stuff you use in the gym. And it all started off from there, really. Um, There were plenty of patterns online, so it's kind of like building an Ikea furniture, but it's not furniture, and it's not from Ikea, so I guess nothing like Ikea furniture. Um, And started gluing things together, basically, is my point. Um, then, Then, bam, cosplay! Whoa! And then I just got addicted to it, made a second Iron Man suit, and I thought... I can make more than just Iron Man suits and started looking at other things that I like. And I kind of got addicted into making stuff from there, really. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There are no stupid questions, only stupid people. And when you ask the question and learn whatever it is you're asking, you stop being stupid. So ask, don't be afraid to ask. Someone will eventually reply. They don't reply. Don't be disheartened. Such is life. Whatever, move on and ask someone else. And that's how you gain knowledge.
2: So, looking at the the writing side of um, of what you do, and <laughs> you've already talked about, I guess, some of your process, where it, in terms of some stories, like with your mini comics, it's a bit sporadic, and with something like uh, Crash and Burn, you've got more of a, I like guess, structured process. Like in either, do you, Ever come across writer's block because uh, it is something that uh, I've talked to or I've been asked about um, in terms of like my writing process? And if you do, do you have any ways to get a, like for you? Mm.
16: Yeah, so um, I've definitely experienced it before. Um, like, art block is definitely a thing, or art
2: block, yeah,
16: yeah. <laughs> um, it's difficult to say what works best, so. Um, uh, like m- my worst art or slash writer's block was, was, um, before like a couple of years ago, um, I, I recently got diagnosed with bipolar disease, uh, disorder. And, okay. um, so before that I was not on medication and I did not know what was going on, but I was depressed a lot. And that was essentially the reason for me not being able to draw or work or create, And so for me, it was really seeking professional help and not being afraid of this mental illness. Like that's been a huge change for me, like accepting that I have this and working with it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's changed my life since I have went and got help. Um, but I still had like coping mechanisms, I suppose beforehand that made it a little bit easier. And I found that, um changing pace was very important changing like going out which you can't do right now but doing something else (laughs) do
2: not do not go out do not go
16: out (laughs) (laughs) if you if you have a garden just go out into your garden and just sit in the sun for a bit you know play with your pet play some video games watch a movie just do something else (laughs) if you're fed up with art or writing do something else
5: I don't know like I think it's really important especially when you're creating comics as well to look at shots um to think about like composition um I think they all kind of like lots of different mediums blend together a lot but that's why I really like to look at animation because if you can translate what they're doing on screen like onto the page I think that can make your story sort of jump out more powerfully I think it's really important just to look at like how like what shots people are using and what's being focused on for different emotional impacts if that makes sense
2: and you mentioned the pandemic so how is that not just specific to this program but how has the pandemic kind of changed and the pandemic and like the uncertainty around it I know it's changed things for for me and and for us like my matter wise but it's really that the uncertainty. So what's that meant for you guys as a as a business and a brand? It's the only thing that's really changed is that
11: we can't do workshops in schools anymore, but mm. we can do them via Zoom. So that's <laughs> yeah. So that, that's an interesting experience. So it's just video workshops now. Until we know when we can go into schools again. Just like um with Felton and Balmarsh, we're actually meant to go in to uh, run workshops and produce a comic specifically for what the the youth offenders prison wanted and then run workshops on them
14: mm. but
11: because of the pandemic that got changed to uh, just creating a comic story that they want and then producing it for them instead of doing the workshops as well which we wanted to do
8: we can't even do that with zoom or we can't go in so that's one of the main things that's changed
17: i, I guess for us as well it, it made us realize we wasn't as future-proofed as so um, uh, if we knew the pandemic, we would have loved to have lots of like, digital content available, easy to read, where we was more on a hard copy and we was more concentrating on face-to-face. And as Steven said, we'd be forced to think outside the box that, no, we need more interaction on our site. We need more. We need to invest in things that we can do uh, online workshops. And we need to start investing in more digital copies.
2: Actually, speaking of sort of, I guess misconceptions around um, artists and and the work that creators do, you also have a webcomic linked on your website, My Daily Life Comics, and I had a look, and I was particularly kind of drawn to one it uh, one two panel uh, strip in particular. So. Uh, i will also link this in the in the show notes but it's essentially two characters and one asks the other what do you do for a living Uh, and the other answers i'm an artist so the first character says oh that's amazing must be really fun and relaxing to do what you love drawing all day and the second character just emphatically says no that feels like that came straight from the, the like your inner being and uh, frustration that, that you have. So with um, with your work and talking to other people about being an artist, what's the biggest misconception
10: that you've come across? Biggest misconception? I think basically more the prejudices people have um, by thinking, I mean, I really love my job and it's a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't do it. But people don't see how much of hard work goes into doing this. Like, uh, they assume you, because you do something you like, you don't have stress and um, uh, it's easy to do. So if you complain that your, heart, your, your work is hard or stressful at some times, uh, people mostly um, brush it off. Like, now you, you don't know what hard work is. <laughs>
4: mm.
10: That's kind of, um, I think, the bi- biggest misjudgment uh, people have about
17: being yeah.
10: an artist. First of all,
1: how did you get into acting and how long have you been doing it for?
17: Yeah. So um I kind of got into acting uh, basically as a as a kid. I watched a lot of uh, TV film and um basically I hated it all because no one that I saw on the TV or on this on the screen really kind of represented me. So um I felt like through video games, actually um, playing a lot of video games, there was a feeling of like, oh, you know what? Like at least I'm going on this journey with these characters. So, uh, so yeah, the kind of my my way into storytelling was through uh, video games, um, and and since then, I've literally, you know, I did drama training at school uh, with a good friend of mine who I'm now working with. Um, he's writing on a project that I'm working on, um, and also uh, basically just keeping myself. Uh, sort of busy in the sense of doing like extracurricular stuff as well outside of uh, school and then going into drama school and I think I I, I did my first professional job when I was uh, 16 and since then it's just been rolling on Um, and you know and that's kind of how I got into it.
1: Cool so it's quite like an early age that you've I I suppose fell into it because it wasn't
17: Really? Yeah, I, I mean, like it. I wouldn't even say, and I wouldn't even say it was early. I have, you know, there's a, a lot of acting stuff. It kind of begins a lot earlier because I think um, a lot of people uh, sort of um, have family that are kind of in the actual acting industry, and I didn't. I had no one who was in who was interested in the arts or in any form, shape, or form. No one really interested in that idea of filmmaking. So it kind of felt like I, I kind of stumbled upon it by accident. You know and it was that kind of thing of just doing a lot of my own sort of research and and reading and 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 throwing myself out there, just you know willing to sort of make mistakes at an early age, not really knowing what I was doing, kind of you know led me to sort of being where I am at at the moment, you know
2: Oh, actually, one question is, uh, how do I pronounce your last
18: name? Uh, Badari.
2: Okay, Badari, Cool. So then, yeah. Uh make sure and our guest today is up uh, Blair. <laughs> How did I mess up your first name? <laughs> okay, let's, um, let, let's start that again. <laughs> I was so focused on getting your last name, right? Uh,
18: <laughs> it's cool man. Oh. But it happens. It happens. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we've got some good uh, bloopers. Anyway, okay.
18: It, so it's it's a bit of a it's been a complicated and difficult road. Like it's not something that I kind of set out to get to but i think that, like the i'll preface it with like the the long and short of it which is like throughout the difficulties of life th- there's always like the opportunity to kind of go down and achieve like get to the point where that you dreamt of as a kid and so like the hurdles that i found when i started working professionally um in like the health and pharmaceutical industry so like i so when i so after i did my masters all after like academia it really burnt me out like i like (laughs) i i left my masters like in the last week i ended up like becoming chronically ill um and like the, the academia route like really burnt me out so i was just like okay i need to i need to go out to the real world i need to start earning money and so when i went so i started like applying for work and everything and i've ma- i managed to get a uh, a job as an r&d scientist in a big like basically a fast moving consumer goods so they did pharmaceuticals they and medicines they did health products they did home products everything under the sun and they're quite big they're like they i think one of the FTSE... 50 I think but I don't I don't I don't I don't know if I can say their name I don't I don't want their lawyers after me that's
2: fine you don't have to say their name yeah we don't want their lawyers after us either (laughs) just in case just wanted to uh, wait for that Uh, yeah uh, let you guys know just in case I like drop off or something Uh, just like reconnect and uh,
17: get back on how they certify those type of games
1: mm. um nigel's dropped out of the call so i'm just gonna wait for him to come back before we continue because i don't know if it will save the recording from when he's not on <laughs> yeah. so may have to repeat a little bit of that but we'll find out when that nigel gets back in uh how much he got I guess yeah, uh, we were unlucky today, and in the internet cut. Uh,
2: am I coming through? Yes. yes okay. Sorry, but I I feel like I tempted fate. I shouldn't have said anything about internet. <laughs> what advice would you have for people who want to make their own game and and you know put it out there and sell it? Like, what would you what would you say to that person?
8: Yeah, I would definitely say to start today. Is like what like we were saying before. Don't don't wait because, like I said, every day that you wait, there's someone else um, who is on your same level who is starting ahead of you, and you know you want to make sure that you're always on that competitive level with everyone else. Um, I'd also say like define your own success, right? So for us, our from day one, we said we want to get we want to get a game on consoles. Our like our, our goal wasn't hey we want to sell millions of copies. It was literally like I want to get a game on console. If I wake up one day and I see some standing on the Xbox, I'll be happy. Define what your success is. Your success might not be selling a game. Your success might be making a game. Your success might be making a character. Define uh, your success might be starting a triple like who knows. But define your own success. Don't let others define it for you. Don't define your success o- over things that you're seeing other people do. Define what you feel will like you know make you you know ha- satisfied with your work.
2: You know, once you had a chance to dig through, uh, or if you're like me, just watch the video of someone rounding up like. The essential takeaways. What do people think about the PlayStation Five? How do you feel about it?
0: I didn't watch it, but I'm getting it anyway. I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
7: Yeah. It. It can just be like, we're well, releasing number six, and I'd be like, okay, where's okay. the feel? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you had me at PlayStation Five. You don't even have to say else. The
2: thing about. uh the purchase of Zenimax, and even before the pricing was revealed, we had the news of Halo being delayed uh, for the uh, launch of the Xbox Series X. Now, when Microsoft had its uh, had its game showcase, and uh, you know they showed they showed off Halo, and it didn't get the best reception, um, and then shortly after, it came out that they would be sort of Delaying the game into twenty twenty one and I wonder what people's thoughts are on how that would affect the sort of success of the launch um Dan i mean you're the let's say you're the neutral kind of the neutral mm-hmm. gamer here yep. <laughs> um, how yeah. do you see no halo um impacting the launch of the Xbox series x
11: okay so i'm I'm not the biggest halo fan in the first place. So I've only played a little bit of Halo in in the past. Um, So even if I was to buy an Xbox, I wouldn't be buying it for Halo. I feel that the Xbox does need something. It needs an an exclusive um, for launch, um, just to sort of entice people in. But I don't think that Halo... People know that Halo will come at some point. They'll probably have a Gears of War at some point. Um, I think it's best that they take their time to fix it, make it the best game it can be, and then launch it when it's ready.
2: I was like quite frustrated by both of these companies of this long and what I feel unnecessary game of chicken to <laughs> hold back these prices. And it, first of all, like you have this situation where people want to buy your consoles and you won't tell them how much it costs or when it will be available. And... People have just got a guess, and then just wait and wait and wait, and then you come to it, and in the end, these are just like these aren't mind blowing prices like i I couldn't quite wrap my head around why it took so long to get these prices out so four ninety nine three ninety nine uh two ninety nine four for the s these aren't like numbers we haven't seen any anywhere like if if they came out and sony said the the cost of the playstation five is uh six times pi um and you have to work that out i'd be like oh okay now i understand why you had to you know wait so long to figure out what three times or six times pi is and then put that pricing into your sort of balance sheet and work that out i don't understand that before 99 399 these are standard prices i don't understand why they took so long to release them anyway i'm gonna open out i'm gonna stop talking because that just annoyed me uh, and <laughs> what does everyone think about pricing annabelle
0: um well in terms of the playstation they could have told me
16: anything i would have been like yes
2: uh so what i want to start with is does anyone have a favorite or favorite video game movie or just favorite video game movie they love to hate
3: um if Don doesn't mind me going first um so the thing is i am actually a, a really big fan Uh, video game movies because um, I'm kind of a big fan of just bad movies to begin with which is a bit of a strange hobby I know but um I kind of just love how cheesy they are and like how ridiculous they come out most of the time but I've got to admit my favorite video game movie is the live action Street Fighter movie because I it's such a hot mess of a film
8: yeah I'm I'm gonna have to shoot (laughs) on on the end of that um uh it's pretty much the same with me like as street a young fire. kid, I'm, Street Fighter, the yep. live action one. As a young kid, I watched it because oh my god, Street Fighter! Yep. You know, you got John Claude Van Damme and, and the whole cast yeah. in in the film. And now watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh my god, Raul Julian's in this! How did I not notice? Mm-hmm. And they learn about the backstory behind the film, and it's it's wild, it's crazy.
3: It's that's part of why I love it so much because it's like not only is it these Street Fighter characters that have been so strangely adapted into a film. <laughs> But um, you've got Raul Julia giving this, this Shakespearean esque yeah. performance next to Van Damme, who is just phoning in these lines in yeah. such a unique way. It's just the whole thing is great, as far as I'm concerned. That's uh, I know that's a pretty unique perspective, and most people feel that movie is just trash.
2: Unique is a word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I'll give you that. Unique is a word in the dictionary.
7: And by the end, you know, oh, wow. m- m- sort of like connecting up with-, with Lynn and becoming sort of a, a- someone slightly more complicated by combining that singular driving force with a more well-rounded personality is actually an amazing character. And you're like, actually, the greed here isn't just saying wanting of other people's things. It's saying wanting to be the best you can, wanting to push forward, wanting to be your own person and not accepting anything else. And it's that greed and desire for achieving your own goals. And they're not actually a bad person, despite the fact they're one of the seven deadly sins. And I thought they did that so wonderfully well and um yeah so my two favorite characters did both bad guys and that shows you a little bit about how much screen time development and real personality that they gave to what were just technically monsters embodying the sins
2: interested in the the characters like and some of the main characters uh also actually before i even get into that um because we talked about like the voice acting and and inco you said you like the the english <laughs> yes. voice yes. yeah yeah i yeah. it's they had some like really big people in this so i noticed like see so i mentioned uh john krasinski who is um oh man names uh he's in the office and i've completely forgotten the name of his character he's gonna bug me now
4: <laughs>
2: So you know i've got a I've got to go and like Google Google this because. Jim, yes, how could I forget Jim? Oh my, wow, I love Jim. Sorry, sorry, Jim, if you're watching this. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, John uh, Krasinski, um, uh, Emily Blunt. So I was just like these are you know up there in terms of like Hollywood acting uh, talent, which is quite cool to see. Yeah, is there any particular reason why you enjoyed the the English one voice acting versus the?
12: Uh, the one the reason I didn't like the voice of the Jiro in Japanese film. And then there's a voice acted by uh animation director, Hideaki Ano, which is the animation director of the Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then it's not really acting experience before. Uh he's because he's a director rather than the actor, but and um, he's quite really very plain voice acting in a way really difficult to trace his emotion and very difficult to get into him. It's just difficult to relate to him. and okay. uh, Yeah, but just go and live it. Um, you can trust a bit more of the personality side of the Jiro, and then a bit more like more likable, definitely.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um. So, like, from my perspective, I, I watched this uh, all of uh, four days ago. Um. So I. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, so, for the first time
2: yeah, yeah um oh so it's like i often surprise people by the gaps in my in my viewing uh catalog so like like studio uh ghibli and and even like pixar my like favorite uh, production studio if you well but like um uh, pixar, i've there's some big pixar films i've just not seen like when i'm at a convention and people pick up samurai chef and it's oh this rat reminds me of ratatouille. I have not seen ratatouille <laughs> at all. I still haven't. So uh, Just look at them and I'm just like, yeah, I mean I, obviously I know there's a rat in ratatouille, but that wasn't in my mind when I was uh, writing it. So I've been watching a few particular uh, YouTubers and every so often the avatar would come up as an example of just like really good storytelling. And it got to a point where it was like, mm, okay, let me, because people just keep going on about this show let me see what the fuss is about so i started watching it and i watched the first it's three three seasons i've watched the first one and it's really good like it's 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 really really good it's like a so it's on it, it's on nickelodeon and i think it, it i don't know how old it is it's it's quite been, old. yeah it's quite old like, so I admit but it's 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 like 2005 or something yeah early 2000s yeah so I, you know, hold my hands up. I'm very late to this party, but I'm here. Like, I got here. Erin, uh, you mentioned Tafu, I think definitely needs a mention, but I would also like to say, just give a shout out to Momo, um, because he he is the underrated character in this show, because he is such an important, by the way, I'm talking about like Ang's. pet, what kind of animal is he, by the way? does uh, anyone know flying monkey
5: thing yeah Fly,
2: yeah uh, he, I, i'm
5: sure that uh, flying lemur i think lemur, yeah that's
2: it flying lemur yeah, yeah. so i just want to highlight the the profoundness of this character because <laughs> <so funny>. momo <laughs> momo is all about the now he's all present like whenever he sees food he just goes for it. There's no, there's no thought to like... I think Momo, just, in
12: a way, is what Saka would
5: like to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's true, actually. he's Because he's just like, there's no thought to like the future or what how this could go wrong. There's no thought to like past experience. There's just the now. And I think that is so important for everyone to remember. We should all be like Momo.
7: So everyone else can leave at this point then. yeah yeah, you can, can
2: just take i'm just going to mute my mic um, and we'll see you guys i'm, I'm going to get episode. a cup of
7: tea and i don't even drink tea so,
2: <laughs> so my first uh, question directed to tassie is how does the film compare to the book and is this a faithful adaptation
1: it doesn't compare to the book and no this is not (laughs) a faithful adaptation in like any way basically all they took is like you was reading the like synopsis of the of the thing and it and it ends at like the first paragraph (laughs) and then like everything just falls apart part the only like real thing is like these things are the same like characters names <laughs> wow. but the actual like characters are kind of like taken like really superficial parts of the characters and made characters and then, the Ayra, then they just completely rewrote you completely like you just <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> so
2: so breathe <sighs> breathe yeah so Taddy do you want to like bring this all together with your quickfire issues yeah go on bring us the knowledge
1: one. tazzy yeah. okay so this is like just as a film without thinking of the book uh my like quick thoughts that i was writing down this is the only way i can get for it uh so i'm just gonna like list it off <laughs> and then i can <laughs> unpack some other stuff but why is there so many people people about he's supposed to sneak out of the stacks because it's super dangerous They over explain everything, but then it doesn't show any anything off like it's just talked about and then not shown. Uh, There's such low stakes. There's like zero stakes. I don't even know if there is stakes like, okay, everything is literally handed to them on the plate. It doesn't feel like there's any relationship building. The Clark Kent glasses really need explaining. Like, I think even if you're not into comics and super, you understand the concept that superman puts on glasses and suddenly is a cuck and, and we didn't need that to explain we could have seen it
7: yeah we just need to put the glasses on like to yeah. jump in and said and, and double down on one of tazzy's yeah. points about the explaining he walks past windows where there are people doing things in the world so weirdly with their curtains open because apparently they don't mind if you they watch you imaginary pole dance So and, yeah. and they're saying people could do whatever they want and it's like you're showing me that why are you also telling me that you could be telling me something else while you're showing me that and have a double layered thing. So yeah, that
1: was a, that was a weird choice. (laughs) Uh, Like what's Wade's motives? We follow him all the way, but it doesn't feel like he's got any stakes in it at all. Uh, The rebellion against who, who, what, what we rebelling against. It's all in one city. It completely makes the Oasis seem very unimportant. Like, The point of it is it brings people around the world together and you could be playing with someone that's like literally across the world. And in the book, they are. There's people in Japan. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) Adaito and Shoto are in Japan. uh, They make a big deal about no clans in the beginning and then they all team up so easily. Doesn't happen in the books. They are very much solo gunters until the very, very end. And it's such a difficult decision to make. Uh, Wade's kind of problematic in this, in terms of he's very eager to get with the girl. And then he still gets the girl. Like, I didn't like that. It's way too, no. Uh, I hate that Artemis is just like a supporting act for Wade in this. Like, she's just there to be like, she's Yay, go Wade! oh (laughs) um uh daito and okay this goes back to the point of like the oasis all in one city like why are daito and show in this case why are they in america like they should be in japan the
2: same block i didn't get
1: yeah we're on the corner from no (laughs) i kind of do love that show is an 11 year old it's just adorable little thing. Um, I like the idea of the irologists well, in their blue suits just arguing around the table. I think that was excellent. And if they made it true to, this is the one thing I'd say, keep it. Um, <laughs> why does I, I rock even exist in this film? like IOI is a big rich company they are massive and they're paying IROC like they don't just have their own person to do this why why are you there like you have no purpose in this film uh you don't have much purpose in the book but your little purpose is served and then you're kind of dismissed for the rest of it um the real world office hack thing is kind of cool Little thing, you know. I like I the
2: hack, of, just not how they got there. That's just
1: so yeah. Weird.
2: That it's so easy.
1: Sorrento's password totally made me laugh. Bossman sixty <laughs> nine, hilarious. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Sixers looked really, really cool. The Chuck—I've already mentioned it—but the Chucky thing, I loved it. um irox arms bleeding out the coins, like it was a cool <laughs> visual touch on losing your loot. There was zero redemption arcs in this, and amazing. Acting from H. <laughs> I like that knowledge dump from Tazzy.
2: This is if this was a YouTube clip, it would be like Tazzy Bruce Lee takes down, uh, destroys Ready Player One humiliation. The, the uh, thumbnail
7: would be her, yeah. like with the with the movie DVD in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Hitting it with the book.
11: And that's not really explored until. Um, the left behind when mm. you meet um her best friend Riley. um Valier, who basically Riley basically you find out that they they they're fancying each other and they've got this this thing going on between them but they're both young and they don't know how to really approach it and then they kiss. Um mm. so that opening scene where she's obviously kissing her girlfriend and they're showing that kind of versatility and that Is really really important But from everything I've seen So far and I almost feel like Ellie's almost Showing that I don't care about being the bad guy
2: so first of all, to Midas's point, like, yeah, I think that that was amazing. They made you play as the character because you at that moment when they're saving you, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. We're <laughs> all good. Like they're, they're here to rescue me. We're all going to be friends. And it just turns like the mood just turns so drastically. And when, um, when it does turn and she's like, you know, you kind of know what you've done and, and things. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, what have I done to you? Like I'm trying to think in my brain, like, where have we crossed paths and everything? Like, I am I feel like I'm being killed for something I didn't even do. Obviously, I know I'm wrong, but because uh, I did, like, the most in that game.
1: And then the, the other bit is, like, another, another character moment. Um, and it's when uh, you're playing as Abby, um, and we're with Lev, and we're trying to get to the hospital, and we uh, are seen by some of the Seraphites and they call um, Lev Lily and then once you sort of get past that first bit Abby's just like doesn't say anything ab- about it and then Lev is like did you hear what they were calling me and it's just a mo- beautiful moment between the two um where Abby's like D- "Do you want to talk about it uh and Lev's like no and just like then we won't talk about it it's fine and uh, that moment nearly brought me to tears because it was just it was so beautiful and understanding and to see that in a video game yeah i thought it just it just touched me
0: um i love the gaming sphere there's a lot of words and people can put out initiatives and i do believe that there are employees or there are, there's a whole um section of the gaming sphere that really is pushing for like um an end to systematic racism and um and you know intelligently talking about games and how they can end toxicity and sort of that but they're uh, there are always going to be those few people that ruin it for everyone um i i say always be i hope that i hope that ends uh, like i sincerely do um, but it is it is a it's sort of a difficult position with gaming because it's so new and it has some of the oldest issues really ingrained into the communities. And um, there's such anonymity um, within gaming when you're talking to someone over a mic and you can tell that their accent may be from a place that you have a slur for, for example, um, that it, it, it gets really murky and really difficult and it's really on a lot of games companies to really take action. Um, but taking action can also mean that they get, you know, they wade into waters they don't want to wade into, you know?
2: Yeah, and that's a tricky thing.
13: Uh, of course, for those, for those who've seen the film, we know about how, of course, Metro Man didn't actually die. We know he just kept himself hidden and, like, didn't want to, like, kind of wanted to retire. So basically the question is, if he was in Metro Man's position... Would, would always being a hero to a whole city become too much pressure for you? If you, if you were in his position? Hmm.
1: I'm going to go with yes, it would be too much pressure, but I'd still apologise to Megamond.
13: Still apologise, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm the city, and I wouldn't fake my own death, and I know not for my responsibilities. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, Megamond has some explaining to do.
10: Like, Riley would have been able to deal then. them So you know, it was it was joy trying to prevent sadness having this impact in Riley's mind that caused the core memories to go into the shoot that like that drove a lot of this the the bad things one might say that happened in the movie. But it was necessary for joy
2: to to like on a journey. Mm. Would you agree, Tazio?
10: Yeah, I
1: think I like agree with literally everything. (laughs) really just said yeah i don't think there's much more to add to that
2: hey it's nigel here just wanted to say thank you for listening all the way to the end of this show or being lucky enough to skip ahead just to the moment as i was wrapping up the show either way well done if you have enjoyed listening to the highlights of season two of story x story please do take a moment to give us a shout on social media we'd appreciate the support. We've got one more episode of Season 2 to go, then we'll be taking a break over January and coming back for Season 3 of Story X Story in February. Until then, we do have a few pre-recorded bonus episodes that will be coming out over January, so make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of those episodes or the return of Season 3 in 2021. And while you're waiting, you can check out our manga stories on our website, we've got a new story serious through the fog that is coming in the new year as well as the existing graphic novels and comics at myamada.com forward slash manga and for anyone into video games we have our next gamepad online event coming on january the 16th it's hosted by tazzy the tickets are free and you can see more at gamepad.events We'll be streaming live over Twitch and YouTube, plus you can join our Discord community right now to meet other game enthusiasts, as well as myself, Tazzy, and the rest of the Gamepad team. While it has been a tough year all around, it's been a pretty good year for the podcast, and we're looking forward to coming back with more episodes, including creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. Our email address is feedback at mymatter.com. You can also check out the website to listen to and subscribe to future episodes. That's mymatter.com forward slash story x story. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the new year. We look forward to seeing you again soon.